On the day of Pentecost, all the Lord's followers were together in one place. Suddenly there was a noise from heaven, like the sound of a mighty wind. It filled the house where they were meeting. Then they saw what looked like fiery tongues moving in all directions, and a tongue came and settled on each person there. The Holy Spirit took control of everyone, and they began speaking whatever languages the Spirit let them speak. Many religious Jews from every country in the world were living in Jerusalem, and when they heard this noise, a crowd gathered. But they were surprised, because they were hearing everything in their own languages. They were excited and amazed and said, Don't all those who are speaking come from Galilee? Then why do we hear them speaking our very own language? Some of us are from Parthia, Medea, and Elam. Others are from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Pergia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, near Cyrene, Rome, Crete, and Arabia. Some of us were born Jews, and others of us have chosen to be Jews. Yet we all hear them using our own languages to tell the wonderful things God has done. Everyone was excited and confused. Some of them even kept asking each other, what does this all mean? Others made fun of the Lord's followers and said, they're drunk. Peter stood with the eleven apostles and spoke in a loud and clear voice to the crowd. Friends and everyone else living in Jerusalem, listen carefully to what I have to say. You're wrong in thinking that these people are drunk. After all, it's only nine in the morning. But this is what God had the prophet Joel say. When the last days come, I will give my spirit to everyone. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will have dreams. In those days, I will give my spirit to my servants, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will work miracles in the sky above and wonders on the earth below. There will be blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will turn dark and the moon will be as red as blood before the great and wonderful day of the Lord appears. Then the Lord will save everyone who asks for his help. May this be to us the word of the Lord. Hello and welcome to the Lectio Cascadia podcast. My name is Brandon Rhodes and I'm glad you're here listening. Happy Pentecost. Thank you as always to uh, Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for this music. We're going back to uh, my Ordinary Time musical selection. Ordinary Time, what's that mean? Well, this Sunday is Pentecost Sunday and that means that this holy season of uh, Easter tide is at our backs. The power of new life breaking forth beyond death in the Jesus story is at our backs, and we enter into an extended season of more stories of the way Spirit is loosed in the world and reflecting on Jesus stories that explore and anticipate that, uh, especially from the community organizing days of Jesus. Um, and that'll be going until about a month out from winter solstice, at which point the Jesus traditions calendar resets. And we start afresh in a time called Advent. But today is Pentecost. So let's, uh, let's get into it. So the sacred library we call the Bible opens with the spirit or breath of the divine brooding over chaos and birthing life out of it. Spirit brings life out of chaos, creates homes for the stars and plants and critters and even critters like us. And then puts all of those things, stars and plants and critters and even critters like us, into those homes. And it's all called good. But it's not too long before we read a sequence of cascading collapses of that goodness. The Holy One's partners in creation's next big chapter, us humans, keep chasing after other things and false futures that are in these things that 
we chase after breed alienation, betrayal, deceit, violence, and distance between us. There's this breakdown of trust, there's a murder, there's a shuddering of the land itself breaking into tears, and then as humanity resets on the far side of this ecological catastrophe, this machismo dude named Nimrod starts a city. And the storytellers give all kinds of hints that Nimrod's town foreshadows all kinds of shittiness ahead. Empire, toil, pride, manipulation of the land for human vanity. Nimrod ultimately builds this big tower that limits access to the divine. Only those of this culture, this race who built this tower, who are allowed to go up this tower can face the holy. He streamlines society toward this end, this dread goal of claiming that only through this imperial project can we finally connect with God and be the best. <laughs> The Holy One has uh, no time for this fascist bullshit. They are, uh, Nimrod and his characters are all suddenly unable to understand one another. They give up the project and are scattered all over the world. I, I love this. When the ancient Hebrews asked where the languages and cultures of the world came from, why is everybody so different? They told a story. They told a story of what would happen if we only spoke one language. We'd all be caught up in and co-opted by empire's dumbassery. So, diversity was God's way of tamping down our impulse to play the Nimrod game, the Caesar game, the empire game. Diversity doesn't hinder creativity. It simply resists control. It's wild. Now, as the story unfolds, one group of peoples emerges that develops <clears throat> that develops a harvest feast called Shavuot, um, <clears throat> or or uh, Pentecost, uh, as uh, the early church took its um, the Greek name for this festival uh, for it. So, uh, this harvest feast had a ceremony of farmers gathering the first batch of the harvest, putting it in a fancy basket bringing it parade-like to their temple and presenting it as a gratitude offering to the Holy One. Now, dog-ear that. The story goes on. Fast forward to all the hopes and promises of renewal that the early Jesus movement had about what Jesus was supposed to do. He was supposed to lead the charge of upending all empires, establishing an empire, a sort of anti-empire of true peace and holy belonging, and all these other things, all kinds of promises coming to a weird culmination into this, in this guy and his movement. One of their favorite poems to understand uh, all of this was rousing their imagining that um, when we turn the corner in history toward that promised healing of vitality and uh, flourishing of creation, the very spirit of the Holy One would be on all people. <clears throat> all kinds of mischief would be loosed by the intimate presence of the Spirit beyond borders. The world would be turned upside down, remade, you might say, when the Spirit is poured out. The cataclysms of dysfunction so early in our planet's and species history will be rolled back by this power, this presence of Spirit. Now, cut to a crew of the early Jesus movement on the day of Pentecost when first fruits are brought to the temple. 
when hmm when first fruits of abundance of creation are brought to the big building in the capital city that they've been building for a long time for an empire to the place where they knew they could find the holy you don't have to be a nimrod to appreciate some echoes and rhymes and assonances in the set and setting of the story to see this weird reincarnation of of the nimrod story right a bunch of crazy stuff happens that they understand uh, on, on that pentecost day in that capital city near that temple um a bunch of crazy stuff happens and it's symbolically just very weird um but they understand it to be the inflowing presence of the spirit onto them an enactment of that old longing and imagining of what it would look like when god when God's revolution and catastrophe reversal thing kicks off. And what happens? They hear one another exploring and reveling in the holy, in their own tongue. They're all from different parts of the world, but they hear it in their own tongue. The presence of spirit isn't just pageantry and pomp of magic tricks. No, this deeper magic trick uh, of the, uh, this deeper magic of, of spirit is of overcoming alienation. The languages that hindered our impulse to go full Nero also became what set us against one another. So you see, Holy One scattered us so we couldn't Nimrod, but then we got all tribal and fighty. <laughs> it makes us tribal in the bad sense. It keeps us apart. On Pentecost, spirit changes diversity's distancing to blessed difference. And more than that, an ability to commune and hallow and care beyond those differences. Spirit doesn't make them all speak the same language. Remember last week how uniformity is different from unity, plurality with unity, right? Uh, spirit doesn't make them all speak the same language. They aren't uniform like Caesar and Nimrod need so they can keep doing their bullshit. Spirit doesn't make them lose their tongue, the, the tongues of their ancestors, and take some sort of settler language instead. Spirit lets them belong in their difference. Pentecost, humanity bringing the start of creation's abundance and gratitude to the Holy One becomes the Holy One bringing the culmination of creation's abundance to us in mischievous joy. This is the start of something wild. A turn in human history empowered by the spirit that brooded over chaos to bring life that lets us live beyond Nimrod. Liberation in the Jesus sense of things begins with this overcoming of distance without the loss of difference. It begins in hearing freshly, sharing wonder with strange neighbors, and in blessed nonconformity, becoming a kind of humanity that can see spirit brooding everywhere and can see Nimrod projects impossible forevermore. May your week ahead be filled with curiosity and wonder, gratitude and laughter courage and presence and may the peace of Christ be with you.